We are back. It's a Sporting Report Daily, episode five. Back after a week hiatus, and we came back right in time, Joe. NFL draft is tomorrow night. Hockey playoffs mm-hmm. first round is just about over. Basketball playoffs, like I said last week, this first round has been really fun. We're we're coming back, and it's a good time to come back. There's a lot to talk about. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, last week we uh, both ran into some trouble with you know a lot of all the work being due, and uh, but I feel like we're, we're definitely. Back for the, for the right time, like you said, you know, NFL draft, um, playoff game sevens, you know, and a whole lot, a whole lot more. So uh, it's good to be back here. One of the big things we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about what the hell happened to Portland in the playoffs. Oh, my God. I, I'm a little bit of a Portland fan myself. You know, I have my Damian Lillard jersey, but mm-hmm. I might not be wearing that for much longer, depending on what they decide to do this summer. Um, we're going to talk about Bruins-Leafs. That's a big game seven, a, a season that it looked like. The Bruins had all wrapped up in a nice little bow. Is not going to Game Seven back in Boston. Yeah, but you know, I gotta admit, I we'll talk about this more. But uh, I had a feeling it was gonna go like you know, even when we were up three one, I was like, and this Leafs team isn't gonna, they're not gonna give up all that easy, and uh, that's certainly what happened. So even when the bracket came out, it was everybody's eyes got drawn to that Bruins Leafs series. It's gonna it's, be a good series. It's tough because with the new alignment, which has been in place for years now, but um. It's just weird because the, the Bruins are second seed overall in the East. The Leafs are the three seed. That typically, and you know, in other sports, that's like a second round matchup. But um, with the way the alignment works, it's having the matchup first round, which is both good and bad. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's. I definitely when they came out with the alignment back in what 2013, 2014, yeah, I thought it was interesting. It is. I thought it was a good idea. I I still do like it a lot. I think having the divisional, it makes those regular season divisional matchups so much more important. Yeah, I think, it's I think it's a, rivalries, creating more rivalries, but it's just tough from a from a player from a team standpoint. You know, you the Bruins. You know, if they were playing the seven overall seed, they which they should be. You know, they'd be playing like who like Devils or they'd, Flyers. They'd be playing nah, uh, Columbus. They'd be playing yeah. So yeah, from a player from a team standpoint, it's just um, it's tough. But for fan viewing, it's great because we we see a bunch of good good series. You know, right in the first round. Definitely an interesting method. So we'll talk about the Bruins-Leafs, that yeah. game seven preview. We'll talk about the second round a little bit, maybe, if we have time. We're also going to bring on one of our good friends, NFL draft guy. We're going to bring on Doug Heron. He'll draft, talk about, uh, draft expert, yeah. We'll talk about 24 hours from now. We're, someone's game is going to be called on the podium, and uh, we're going to preview that. Um, so we'll have, that's that's the rundown for today. And we're going to start with the NBA playoffs. You Obviously, we, we watched as the Portland Trailblazers very gracefully made an exit got swept by the Pelicans. Rondo and, and Drew Holiday came from back from the dead. Rondo, like. yeah. Rondo found his, his his big three form from 10 years ago. He wasn't even in that big three. He was on the outside looking in, but yeah, I'm talking but, about those big three years. Oh, yeah, that guy was... Can't say I'm a fan, but... <laughs> well, whether, whether you're a fan or not, he had a crazy he's, he's nasty, series. He's nasty, yeah. He's always been nasty. Him and, him and Drew Holiday. So now the question that's being, the question that's being brought about now is... What does Portland do? Because they've passed two regular seasons, they've been really, really good, and they've got almost no playoff records to show for yeah. them. They've they've made early exits almost every single year. So the argument is do they do they break it down? Do they start from scratch? Or do they try to continue to add? So what do you think their process should be for this coming offseason? Okay, well I think the problem is not their two top guys, it's their the rest of the team. Because you know, you got Lillard and you got McCollum. Just they're making the most money in the team, and they should be. You know, they're the two leading scorers. They both average like twenty five points a game in that series, and still they had nothing to show for it as a team. So I think it's it's finding the, the right pieces um, to build around. Like you're gonna build around those two players, but I think the role players certainly need to change, um, and they'll figure it out. But I don't think you blow up the whole thing because. They've come a long way. You know, they, they even lost a couple years ago when they lost Aldridge. People thought they should re- start rebuilding then. But you know, these, that's when CJ McCollum turned into a star. Yeah, like you, you really don't know. So these guys are they're both young guys. I think if you're going into rebuild mode, you, you trade both of them, and that would just that's not the uh, solution for me. It's it's more getting those those role players, um, you know, situated. So. Right. The the thing with that is that they. They, they need the pieces, you're right, because Lillard and McCollum both had pretty good playoffs, and the reason they, they got swept is because 
the supporting piece weren't there. But when you have two playoff series wins in five years, that seems to be a little bit more than just a weak bench. Um, I, th- I think I obviously I love Lillard. I love McCollum. Um, I think it's time to, I wouldn't say blow it up, but I it's, something needs to change. I mean, Lillard's making twenty six million dollars a year. McCollum's making twenty three million dollars a year, yeah. and they can't even get past the second round. Like something has to change. They got swept by a team whose their matchups were Rajon Rondo and Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday, who, who was virtually had fallen off the face of the earth, dropped forty one points in Game Four. Like why? Why is the why is are these two outplaying, quote unquote, the best backcourt in basketball? Like like why is this happening? Lillard shot thirty five percent. He's making twenty six million dollars a year. He's at thirty five percent against the Pelicans. He averaged eighteen and a half points on thirty five percent shooting. He's one of the best point guards in the game. Just because he's good in the regular season, regular season success doesn't translate to postseason success. And I think Damian Lillard is a prime example of that because he's been leading this team for so long and he's gotten pretty much nowhere. Okay, well, I mean, you also got to look at, you say he's shooting... Um, 35%. 35%. Obviously unacceptable, but he's also, you know, re- relied upon by his teammates to, you know, take so many shots. So it's... And he's making 35% of them, which is not good. Okay, but it's like... Yeah, of course, it's, it's unacceptable, but you also got to look at, like... It's a, it's a team sport. I mean, it's very individually focused, I think, more than other sports. So him not showing up in the playoffs, you know, he needs to, and I think he, he knows that. But um, you gotta, you can't put everything on those two guys, and I think that's that's the problem. You know, they're just you can't. It doesn't work that way. Even with Le, a team with like LeBron, uh, D Wade, and and Bosh back in those days, they still had a great bench, great supporting cast. Every great team has those role guys, and I don't see it from the Blazers. I see two guys going out trying to carry a team just by themselves and. You could say, you could say the same as for the Golden State Warriors with Curry and uh, Durant, but it's it's a it's a full team effort, and they do, certainly don't have the, the pieces. Obviously, it's it's been shown, you know. I mean, you could also you could make the case that it's a strong Western Conference, but like this team they play, the Pelicans, they're not right. They're not the class of the of the West. It's not like they went out and lost to the to the Warriors or the Rockets. You know, they, they lost to a. Average, a little above average Pelicans team, and you know they got swept. So the other thing with that is that I mentioned it last podcast is that bench a, a team's bench means so much less in the playoffs. And we saw it in in this series because Lillard and McCollum both averaged 45, 46 minutes, and we see from every championship team is is in the Cavs or the Warriors, whoever it be. Le- less so with the Warriors because their motto is always strength in numbers, and they try to utilize the bench as much as they can, mm-hmm. but. It's all about the stars. It's if you don't have the stars, you're not going to win. Okay, so are you saying their stars aren't good enough? I'm saying the stars they, aren't good enough in the playoffs because Damian Lillard shot 35%. Yeah, so... This is a team okay. that hasn't hasn't made the conference finals since the turn of the century. They've been 0 for 18 since 2000 in making the conference finals. They've won two... They, 11 and 24 in the playoffs in the last five years. Okay, That's so, awful. So, so what's your That's solution? That's terrible. What, what is your solution, though? My solution is that this year's free agent class, when you throw in Kawhi Leonard, because he's most likely not going to wear on black and brand next year. Yeah. Lillard and McCollum are both making $50 million combined. So do you trade, do you get rid of one of them? Yes, I get rid of both well, of them. You get rid of both? I get rid of both of them. Okay, then you're talking, they're not going to make the playoffs for, like they're, at well, least they're, not make, necessarily. they're making the playoffs now. Not necessarily. You get rid of them. You free up fifty million dollars in cap space. Your first question is, who the hell is going to take these guys? Who has that much cap space? Lakers have sixty-one million dollars in cap space. They're expected to be really active this free agency. 76ers, a team that's competing for a, t- a championship now, is going to have thirty million dollars in cap space mm-hmm. next year. They're talking about LeBron. Why not trade for a guy like Damian Lillard? Um, Houston, twenty-one million dollars in cap space. The Chicago Bulls, who who have pieces there, have forty million dollars. Brooklyn Nets. They're going to have 15, 16 million dollars in cash base. They've got young pieces. Yeah, They're on the what? upswing of their rebuild. Okay, so are you thinking a trade or just like like who who could they trade for with these guys? Just a bunch of you like tra- lesser pieces or not necessarily are they lesser go star pieces. For star? You trade them. Well, you can't go star for star because you're not you're not dumping any salary. But a rebuild is you get rid of these high contract players. And first of all, before you trade Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. Get rid of Evan Turner, who's making ten million dollars to do absolutely nothing for this team. You can get a lot for ten million dollars. You, you like this free agent class is so good because Paul George is probably going to be a free agent. 
Kawhi Leonard's probably going to free be a free agent or get traded somewhere. LeBron James is probably going to opt out of his contract. If you're going to do it, you need to do it now because this year's free agent class is going to be really good. I think they've tried and they've failed. And if you want to give it another shot, fine. I, I won't have a problem with it. But if you give it another shot next year and you get ducked in the first round again next year, you're going to be looking back at this year's offseason and saying, why didn't we rebuild then? Because next year's free agent class is going to be so much worse than this year's free agent class. Okay, well, I'm just thinking when they got rid of Aldridge, all I saw was was Lillard. That's all they really had. Right. And they've, I mean, they've done pretty well with that, honestly. I mean, I know they haven't won. They haven't had the playoff success they want, but, like, they're making the playoffs. They're getting a top three seed. Um, but like I said, they're getting sweeped. So if something needs to change. I just I think I don't think it's the two guys that are making the most money. I really don't. I you think, know what you do? You trade one of them for Kawhi Leonard. Why not? Okay, you know what? Get rid of one of them. But get rid of both of them. You're kind of talking. You're talking. You're you're re- that's that's a complete. Rebuild. Let me ask, let me yeah, ask you a question. Would you rather? Think they should go with. Them. Would you rather repeatedly finish fourth in the conference and lose in the conference semifinals, or would you get rid of your star players, suck for two years, and then be really, really good? It's just it's a dangerous game. That's all. It's, well, so is every rebuild. I mean, certain teams are meant for rebuild. Like, look at look at the good teams now. Look at the good teams now. The Warriors sucked for the late 2000s or 2010s, right? And now they're one of the powerhouses. The Houston... Yeah, a, lot was dra- a lot of that was drafting, though. The, the Warriors. Right, and when you trade a top player, you usually will get picks back. You're, I'm not saying trade Damian Lillard to the Nets for for uh, like Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Like, that's so, not so you're how talking, it works. you're talking dra- early draft picks, then? I'm talking draft picks for if you're going to do a direct trade. it has to be... they got to trade him to a, to a pretty bad team, then. You know who's supposed to have a because, lot of cap space? Because you're not going to... If you're trading them to, like, the Celtics for draft picks, I mean, or, like, just a, a good team in general, like, there's not really that many great players at the end of the first round in the NBA draft. Okay, so but you be careful with who, who, you're, the thing. who you're trading to. You know who's supposed to have a ton of cap space next year? Who? Who's picking second overall? Who? Dallas Mavericks. Why not trade one of them there? They could say, oh, who the hell is going to play in Dallas? They're, they're going to suck. Well, not if you trade Timmy Lillard then. That's the thing. I don't know. I just, I just think I've, I've watched this team. I, I have not. So I and I've, too much. I've, I've watched this team and I've been disappointed by the way they play in the playoffs so many times. I feel like, I mean, the definition of insanity is, is trying the same thing and hoping for a different result. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if, if you're gonna go for it for a sixth straight year with essentially the same core, what are you gonna win a championship next year after winning two playoff series in five years, the five years before? Like that's, that's not how it works. Okay. Well, here's a thought. I mean, you obviously know more. Than- no basketball to me, but coaching change. A coaching, a coaching. Is, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm spitballing here. No, I, I know. It's just coach. At least I, in my I opinion. like their, I like their top two players. I really do. In any, in any sport, I, mean, I feel like coaches are not the ones who shoot the ball into the basket. Coaching, a, your job as a coach is to get a player open looks. It's not to put the ball in the basket. It doesn't matter how many open looks you get, Damian Lillard. If he's going to shoot thirty five percent, you're not going to win the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You know. That's the thing. Oh well, I mean, we've got. We, let's first of all, let's enjoy the rest of the playoffs, and then we can worry about that. I just, I, I something. I, 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 feel I, like something I don't. Strange. I'm not gonna lie. Don't worry about it. It's just not. Yeah. It's not a team I really am invested in, but you know, it's it's interesting to debate. Um, It'll be fun to see what happens. Um, we'll we'll see. That's that's for future thoughts. Right now we're in playoff season, so. Right now know. we're in playoff season. My. Uh, I'm very pleased because my two NBA Finals teams both won. Well, I don't know. Has Houston won yet? Or yeah, they? It's, it's expected. Houston's right? won, I think. Houston won in five. We didn't really go out on a limb there with our. I know. With our picks. I was more worried about the Sixers than I was about the Rockets. So well, Houston, okay, Houston's a three-one right yeah, now. Yeah, Sixers are great. Sixers are really They're good. They, they handled Miami. They hardly broke a sweat against Miami. That surprised me. I thought it was going to be at least a yeah, decent series. Yeah, they have a really, really good team. Um, another playoff series that we're watching now is that's going to end tonight. Uh, you may be very pleased or very disappointed, depending on which way it goes. It's Bruins and Leafs. Yeah, yeah that's big. Big game seven. That's been a great series. What uh? Yeah. What are your initial thoughts? What's gonna happen tonight? Okay, well this is a, uh, it's tough because when you're up three one, and you both and you lose those next two games, that's you have no momentum on your side. You know, you know Toronto's on the rise. They've been, really, really been coming this series this past two games and uh. <coughs> we do. We have the home ice, which has been huge. It's been huge. You know, that's why after we lost Game Five, I was like, 
I, I didn't see it. I didn't see us winning that game six. And, you know, Toronto play with a lot of energy. Give them credit. Give their fans credit. But tonight, you're looking for predi- prediction? Let's get a prediction. I think I think it's going to be real close. I really do because it's been close all series other than, you know, games one and two. But um, it's been a, a very cl- all close games. I got to go with the Bruins. I think home ice helps them here. And I I think this team has had two – they both had great seasons, but I think Bruins are just really destined this year. They've really found an identity um, and really bought into that, like – yeah, they were two seed, but they're underdogs. You know, no one expected them to have the season that they're having, and um, I don't see them taking an early exit. I see them winning. Let's go three two. Three two. Regulation. You know what this series reminds me of, and I think every single hockey analyst has made this parallel. What? The uh, Bruins Leafs series from twenty thirteen. Yeah. When it, that game. It's very. It's very similar. That yeah. game when Boston went up three one and lost the next two, and then ended up winning game seven in overtime on home ice five four. Right. Crazy ending. I think I think it's the same thing's gonna happen tonight. I don't. Yeah. Toronto's good. Toronto's young. At least their main guys. Austin Matthews is young. And Boston. Their main their main three guys. It's Nylander, Matthews, Marner. That's kind of who they're building their team right. around. Great players. They've all had good series. But um, how old is Frederick Anderson? He's young. He must be like twenty five or something. Yeah. So there's another one. I can fact check that. You know, for later. But uh, they're yeah. You're right. They're young, but. You know, it doesn't. I think that's, in a way, the Bruins are also young, but they got a good core of like veterans on that right. team with Bergie and, and Marshawn. So, uh, Char and uh, Char, yeah, Char. They they have a good balance, I think. And um, honestly, the whole series it's been like back and forth. Like we'll went, like we'll, we've been up, and then we've recently just dropped the past two games. But I think the Bruins game five at home, they really looked strong towards the end. Like I thought they were really outplaying them in the third period. They were just in their in their zone the whole third period and just couldn't really find a net. So I think I think if Anderson stands on his head tonight, like it's gonna be really hard to to put it past him. But I, I think the Bruins will outplay Toronto. It's just a matter of putting the puck in the net, which they were unable to do game five at home. So yeah. The thing we'll the thing for me is that games like hockey players are human. Like they have emotions, and Game Seven is one of the most nervous like. On edge yeah, feelings. It's, it's an emotional sport too. It's, it's a very, it's one of the like most high intensity environments that a, a hockey player can be in, and these the this Bruins team, at least their core, has been through before plenty of times. Like they they've seen their fair share of game sevens. Oh yeah. I don't know how Toronto's going to handle a game seven, especially on away ice in the Garden. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. I I I think I I see the Bruins winning and moving on. Yeah, like, and you can compare it to what was it, twenty thirteen? Yeah. yeah playoffs but um like when the Bruins beat the Leafs but like it's a completely different two completely different teams like Toronto went into a massive rebuild since then you know they've they've struck gold with some of their young players but um the Bruins a little bit of both also a factor I we didn't even talk about uh Ryan Donato could be in that's true is, is he in for tonight I haven't checked I think, but I think if he, he is he's gonna be a big time factor I know they were talking about sitting him yeah I mean he's he hasn't really played this, but he's played game two. That was it. Not really a defensive-minded player. That part of his game certainly needs work. But you know, one goal was could be the difference, and he right. and he has that. He like, can be a spark. He has that goal scoring right. ability. Um, so that's it's a bit of a gamble putting him in there because he's not good in his own end. But it's like the ceiling's pretty high. Right, you know? high risk, high reward. Oh yeah. So Joe, you know, there's there's a pretty big thing going on tomorrow, bigger than than Bruins Leafs or mm-hmm. the Blazers off season, whatever they're going to do in, in two months. That's the draft. Yeah, yeah, it's the main event of the episode. You know, the uh, other stuff's just just noise right now. <laughs> just that's just the side, that's all the side news. Yeah, this is the big stuff. This is the draft. main entree. Yeah. And because the main entree, we're going to welcome in our quote unquote NFL draft expert. We call him that because he knows more about it than we do. Um, Doug, he, how are you? He knows today? his. He knows uh, his stuff. I'm I'm pretty good. Uh, made my mock draft today. Started it last night. Kind of finished it up today. But you know I'm feeling pretty good about myself right now. Where where can we find your mock draft? Oh, uh, we can definitely find it on Sporting Report. On on our own website. On your own we we, can, wait, we can find your mock draft on our website. Yeah, of course. Everybody, you can. check out Doug's mock draft. Well, actually, I mean we're kind of gonna spoil it in this episode. But if you haven't read it yet, pause this episode and go read Doug's mock draft online. Tell me, are you going? 
round one or the whole draft? Uh, just round one. I okay, good. Would that. you be able to make a full, a full seven round mock draft? Though? I don't think I could sit <laughs> myself down and do that. <laughs> with the amount of work I have this semester. Yeah, don't, don't do that to yourself. <laughs> yeah. You're good. We're good with one round. Plus, I don't think I know what to write. I'd be like, they need this guy because they need him. <laughs> they I just, like, it's crazy. Like, those guys seventh like, round. They need yeah. a quarterback because they've picked every other position so far. <laughs> it's crazy. Those guys like Kuiper and uh, the other guy, I forget his name, McShay, they literally do a full draft. Like, I don't like know they, how. Like they know, well, they know everything about like, like the Pat's seventh round pick. They literally <laughs> know his like life story. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it is their job, but like, it just, I mean, it's, yeah, I find it crazy. It's it's nuts. I don't like. I could not just like mentally. I wouldn't be able to sit down and do a full seminar mock draft. Yeah, yeah. Like I, it was hard to sit down and make like a, a top ten, which we're gonna do. Those, if you want, you're, he's gonna give us his full thirty two. But me and you made a top ten. So top ten. Top ten. Obviously, the first of a top ten is one, and I think we all. <laughs> I think we all agree on who's gonna go first overall. Do but, we? Uh, I, I don't know. Do we? Uh, you said that. Uh, no, we don't. We don't. All right. So why don't you start then? We don't. Who do you have going first overall? Well, first of all, do you think the Browns are gonna keep the pick? Yeah. Why, why wouldn't they keep the pick? I don't know. There's been rumors about them trading. Oh well. I mean, right now we hear rumors about everything. Like, I got one about the Packers looking to trade up. So I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I have no idea. I heard. I heard Mayfield is going one now. May. Oh, I. You know what? I like, did hear those rumors. I, I heard the Pats are going to get Rosen. Like, I, I don't know what... Like, it's just... It's me. <laughs> is it's Rosen like, going to fall to 23? It's, no, like, the Pats take. are going to trade up. They're going to trade up. That's what I heard. But just media will just find any way to spice things up. But uh, mm-hmm. this is what I think makes sense. I think Saquon Barkley, number one, to the Browns. Mm. It makes sense. It, it makes sense? He's the best player in the draft. You take him. Mm. Okay, you no, just, that's... that's you just yeah. got... Okay. If they didn't have the fourth pick, I would say take Darnold, you know. But, okay. But they have one and they have four. Actually, I shouldn't say that because I don't even have them taking a quarterback. <laughs> okay. So yeah, scorching take. I know scorching take. Scorching hot take. Uh yeah, sizzling. But um. Sizzling. I got Saquon. Hot off the grill. Saquon at one. Yeah, okay. that's definitely. He I can mean, do. He can do absolutely everything you ask of him. He he can, and, and that's a mindset that a lot of GMs have taken: is his best player available as opposed to a position of need. And I can definitely see them doing that. I mean, I don't know. It's like, what are the odds you th- you see the Browns taking Saquon Barkley first overall? Uh, well, I definitely think the Browns are going to take Darnold first overall yeah, over Saquon because the Giants are just in love with Saquon Barkley as a player. So why would now, the Browns not want to take him? The yeah. Browns well, to get in the way exactly, it's, but they definitely need a quarterback. Well, I definitely do think that with the major retirement of Joe Thomas. They have a spot needing open in their O line, which is why fourth pick I think they'll draft uh, who is it, Quentin Nelson. But with the first pick, I definitely think it's going to be Darnold because Tyrod Taylor is said to be the next face of the franchise. They said that about the past twenty quarterbacks too, <laughs> so you really can't tell here. Darnold could be the next face of the franchise. You never really know. Plus, with Tyrod Taylor being in his late twenties and them barely like they put on a show in that AFC Wild Card game. Against the Jacksonville Jaguars, yeah, I really thought points. really thought they were gonna pull it out until Tyron got hurt. Nathan Peterman's like, I got it, pick <laughs> right there. Does what he does he, best, yeah. Throw a pick. <laughs> and he, just, he likes throwing interceptions. He just loves it. First, <laughs> first game it. back, you know. It. First didn't, game, his first his first start. Didn't he throw five, five, five picks yeah. in the first five. half? Okay, yeah, I gotta admit yeah. though, even though he threw five. Two, I think it was two of them weren't his fault. Yeah, okay. Tipped two, like literally, five Cal- is Calvin five, Benjamin goes. Okay, so three in the first half. Yeah. 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 Anyway, um, so That's definitely. Fine. That's fine. <laughs> so if Saquon's available too, do the Giants take Saquon Barkley? Yes. Yes. Okay. I definitely think though that since Tyrod is, he's in his late twenties, I definitely mm-hmm. think he's on the back end at this point. Yeah. He hasn't shown me enough to make me say, oh, he's gonna be really good when he gets in his thirties. I definitely think that right now he's on the back end. Definitely they should draft Darnold in case Tyrod's a flop, which he could be. They should draft Darnold because Darnold is only 20 years old and a top three quarterback in the draft. He's definitely ready to take the reins if need be. Do you think he's NFL ready right now? Right now, I think with offseason training he could be ready. Okay. I think Darnold's definitely the safer bet. I'm just thinking, like, Saquon, like, described as, like, generational talent like once in a decade type player and i truly see it i just watch the tape like yeah stats show a lot too but like his tape is like there's not a flaw you know like darnold has the, the turnover problem he doesn't do anything like extremely well i mean he's just a he's a very solid player overall his whole game but the upside that barkley has i just i can't 
see you passing on it. But the one reason you bring up is it's like Tyra Taylor is not like he's not like some stud. I mean, he had a good season last. He had a decent season last year. Like one of the Bills of the playoffs. You're right. He so, usually, he so usually gets carried by LaShawn McCoy when yeah, he was with the so, Bills, and now who's he going to get carried by now when he's on the Browns? Like, Saquon. I'm thinking Saquon is going to be, like, a top three running back next year. I, I'm just really? I'm really? super high on him. Like, I really think he's incredible. He put on a show this year. Um, I can totally see it. I just don't think he'll do it with the Browns, to it's be just, honest. You know, find me next next year, you know. Okay, I'm, you know. Saquon's I'm, my find, guy. Find him next year in a Saquon jersey. I can't jersey. back that up right <laughs> now. Saquon jersey. I can't back that up right now. I'm just thinking, like, future ice. It's my gut. I'm going with my gut okay. on this one, okay? It's Saquon. Joe, you said Barkley and then Rosen at two for the Giants? I don't think we got your Giants pick yet. My Giants pick is Darnold. Oh, okay. If okay, it's so not, we just flipped them. Okay, if it's not, yeah, it's like Saquon, Darnold, one, two. Okay, and then three. The, Bra- the Browns like... take Darnold, the Giants take Saquon, vice versa. Okay, so you think regardless of what happens, it's going to be Darnold and Barkley? Yeah, I think it's one, two. Okay, yeah, I do. Now we'll get to my Jets, and I am, I am torn on this pick. Stop, stop, stop laughing. <laughs> I'm torn on this because I love Josh Rosen. I loved Baker Mayfield in college. I loved the idea of taking Baker Mayfield at six overall, but taking Baker Mayfield at three overall makes me a lot more nervous. Ultimately, I, I had the Jets taking Baker Mayfield just because it seems like it's a lot more likely at this point. There's a lot more rumors spreading um, about the Jets taking Mayfield. I don't know. What do you guys have? The Jets at three? And the Jets at three. I think they should take a Rosen. I think they're pretty stupid to take a Mayfield. I do, too. You know? Just, like, the the off-field distractions, like, like that's an issue for any team, but in New York, it's multiplied by, like, a million just because of New York media. I think Rosen... LA, I think uh, Rosen. Yeah. yeah, Rosen's a, a very polished like. He's I think he's more polished passer than than Mayfield. He doesn't necessarily have the cannon that Mayfield has or the athleticism. Okay. But he's like solid up and down. Like his whole all all of his attributes and his personality. I'm not really a fan of. You know, he's, I think he's a pretty cocky guy. But I think he can handle like a lot of attention, and that'll certainly help him. The New York football market. So. That's the thing. Would you rather somebody play f- playing in New York? Would you rather have them be cocky and be full of themselves and make headlines with what they say? Or would you have be the, rather have them be a stick in the mud? Well, they're both. They're both pretty cocky guys. No, no, I'm just saying in general. Um, I think you got to be unfazable. You know, you can't, let, you can't let you can't let it get to you. Unfazed. 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 That's it. Unfazed. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, no, you're good. You're I'm, good. Unfazed. I think Mayfield can get a little too high, also a little too low, you know, if he's That's true. if he's struggling. I think Rosen is he's very even keeled. You know, you kinda know what you're getting out of him. Um I'm not gonna say it's, it's a safe pick isn't there's such thing as a safe pick this early in the draft, you know, you could be drafting the bust. I don't think there's ever really a safe pick in the draft at all. Yeah, I mean it's Tom Brady was what seven? sixth round. Yeah, one ninety nine overall. Sixth round, yeah. yeah like, but just was... for no it's first round. Every first round is huge just because like you're literally drafting like your franchise quarterback, it's, right. a, it's a big pressure. And emphasis on the word quarterback, because uh, drafting a quarterback in the first round carries a lot more weight to it than drafting a lineman in the first round. Oh yeah, it's it's huge. It's the face of your franchise. So do you want right. to be Mayfield or Rosen? I think you got to go with Rosen just because he kind of stays the course. He's um, overall just I think a more polished player. And um, Mayfield, you know, he could. He had a huge year. You know, his his senior year at Oklahoma, but. Uh, is that going to translate to NFL? Time will tell. I I personally think you're better off p- picking more of a, a pocket-type passer, uh, like pro-style guy like Rosen. So, Where do you weigh in on all this, Doug? Well, I have the Jets drafting Mayfield, of course. Um, of course. My reason okay. is um, mm-hmm. the Jets are kind of like the Browns, except not 0-16. Um, they've been looking for a franchise quarterback for a long time. Thought they had it with Mark Sanchez. Not at all. Geno Smith, he's now backup on the Giants. Mm-hmm. He, she's the even worse team. And Fitzpatrick. Harvard guy. Harvard guy. He's all right. Um, Smart. He's okay. He just, he, very injury prone. Could never, again, he's kind of like Tyrod Taylor. He was good until like, like one point in the season where one bad thing happened and then he would just tank. I don't and think like, he was ever supposed to be like the guy for them. I think he was always supposed to be a bridge quarterback for guys like Petty and Hackenberg, and it's just Petty, oh, yeah. and, Hacken- Petty Hacken- and Hackenberg never turned into be those guys. Hackenberg's like, 
literally like the definition of a project for a quarterback. Like, yeah. His whole career has just been like, like he has the most potential, like arm talent, but. Which he does, but he he's does, not going to be a joke. But like, it hasn't like like how long do you wait? You know, how, how long can you keep saying like project, oh, project? You, yeah, yeah, like you know, until he's thirty five years old, and you're like, yeah. oh, his time has come. Yeah, he's, he's applying for an AARP card. Like, I certainly think I, th- <laughs> I certainly think you go you go quarterback here for, yeah. the, for the Jets. And McCown is on the back end again after playing with every single team in the NFL. So he and Fitzpatrick yeah. kind of had the same job. So yeah. I definitely think that they're going to draft Mayfield. There are definitely other quarterbacks better in the draft than Mayfield. Then why, then why do you go Mayfield here? Because the Jets have been known to screw up. I believe, I'm sorry, but I believe <laughs> that the Jets will screw up. Just like the Giants did last oh, year. Oh, hot take. Okay, so you're picking, you're literally picking. Evan Ingram was on a bust. Evan Ingram. Okay, no, up. I'm not talking about Evan Ingram being a bust. I'm talking about what who they should have oh, drafted okay. instead of, yeah, you they, know. Yeah. Like, like, Evan Ingram obviously worked out. That was great for them. But. You never really saw like 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 who did they need last season? So now what I'm thinking is that since the the Jets will definitely mess up the same way the Giants did last year, they'll draft Baker instead of drafting either Josh Allen or Josh Rosen. Lamar Jackson is definitely going very low first round. I we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, but like I said in the article, the Jets have been attracted to Baker Mayfield forever. He's because he's a Heisman his, Trophy winner. And, his yeah. arm and because of his personal. arm strength it's pers- and everything. It's the personality thing gets me. Yeah. It's like, and why he, do you want a guy that's so... But here's the I thing. Mean, it's, yeah, it works for... But, like, dude, I know I'm a bit biased being a Pats fan, but, like, I feel like Brady is... The mo- he should be the model quarterback for your franchise. Personality-wise? Like, it's, it's competitiveness, but it's not, like, me, me, me. Like, Baker Mayfield, just, he's seeking attention. No, wait, are you talking about his style, or are you talking about who his he is as a person? I'm talking about personality-wise. Okay. Like, they're, you said they were very attracted. His playing style, like, yeah, he's a great player. I, I get that. It's more the personality stuff that kind of derives me away from him. But there's a difference between... If a guy with Tom Brady's personality was playing in New York, he would not succeed. Can we that's, agree with that? That's very true. You definitely no. do need a... F- no, uh, no I'm, not about his, mm, I'm not talking about his yeah, abilities. If a guy with Tom Brady's ability played for the Jets, he'd be fine. If a guy with Tom Brady's stick-in-the-mud personality, like off-the-field... Oh. No, like off... Not stick-in-the-mud, but like okay. off-the-field personality, where it's like, oh, like, oh, they played great. It's We're quiet. Doing, what exactly. Mean, a quiet, quiet. Exactly. If you had a quiet low quarterback, key, a quiet quarterback in New York would be out of there so quick. But low. why, though? Because it hasn't worked. They always are attracted to those guys with those big personalities and... Because it's not about the front office, it's about the fans. The but, fans are going to hate a quiet quarterback. But, like, also, wouldn't you describe Eli Manning as a quiet quarterback? Not if he's performing. You would, wouldn't you describe Eli Manning as a quiet quarterback? I never hear anything about Eli because Manning. Because he's won two Super Bowls. Exactly. You it, can win two Super it, Bowls and still it, be if, loud. Hey, like, if you want to. It doesn't if matter. Winning. And if you're winning. Hey, 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 Giants fans don't criticize Eli Manning. He gets shit every single week. Yeah, he gets shit every single week because he is shit. I personally think that that man is garbage. He is, he's elite, okay, he's okay. going to be a Hall of Famer, but he's he is garbage. If you're winning, they love you. That's right. The end. So, I think Rosen gives him a better chance to win. He's a little more of a stick in the mud, like, quote-unquote, but it's it's about winning. At the end of the day, it's about winning. Okay. we got to speed this up a little bit, because we're going to run it. We're going to get close to two talk, hours. We could we... talk all day about this. This is, this is fun. <laughs> um, let's move to the Giants. Uh, four is the Browns. Wow, we're only at four. That's we're like... only at four. Well, we're going to do our ten, and then we're yeah. just going to let Doug take center stage and go through his last. All right, cool. That's... So now we're going to look at, at the Browns at four. We both had them taking Darnold. You had them taking Saquon, so this pick is naturally going to be different for, yes. for both of us. So what another, do you We'll start with you, Joseph. Another very hot take. No quarterback for the Browns. They take Bradley Chubb. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Chubb. That's ex- they absolutely They compliment Miles Garrett on that edge. Yeah, I, I have them no, taking you know Bradley Chubb. Com- you know who compliments Miles Garrett on the edge? Emmanuel Ogba. That's yes. who compliments him on the edge. The Browns have been rebuilding for forever. Since <laughs> 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 when were they founded? The day after. They You're better rebuild. off building up your defense. Like, look at Seattle Seahawks. Like, right. It's all about their defense. And they, you know, you can have a, a, a system type quarterback come in. No, that's not a dig on Russell Wilson. He's a great player. But it puts less stress on the offense. And, you know, their defense, they're trying to rebuild it. I think Garrett. Jamie Collins, Jabril Peppers, and they have these big, young... Big Jabril Peppers guy. <laughs> yeah. Big Jabril Oh, yeah, they, they have these young guys, and I think, you know, they shouldn't just deviate from that be like, oh, we have, like, you can always improve your defense, and they certainly can. Uh, obviously, then, you know, whatever expectations there were, they didn't meet last year, you know, going on 116. So I think 
Blitting up that D, that pass rush is is critical for them. And you can't pass up on a guy like like Bradley Chubb. I think he's the best defensive player in this draft. So. I think you're right when you say that they they they're so bad that they need to focus on the best player available mindset. Defense. Which is why they got focus on their D. I I had them picking Chubb, but only because I had to pick Darnold in the first overall. I I. I would bet on literally anything else before I bet on the Browns not taking a quarterback first or fourth overall. Unless they trade down for four. If they trade down for four and they take Saquon first overall, I can kind of see yeah. it. But there's no way they're going to have two picks in the top four and not take a quarterback. Wait, wait. I mean, I know like, they're probably going to take a quarterback. I'm just thinking, this is me, like, what they should do. You know, that's, okay. what, that's what we're all talking about. It's not what we think is going to happen. Because if we do what we think is going to happen, we just take, like, Mel Kuyper's draft board and just reiterate that. But it's more... What their needs are, what I think they should do, and you said you have Chubb. I am taking Chubb, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's the focus here is defense, like just build up your D, and you know your offense doesn't have to do as much, you know, and that's kind of the mindset I have with with them taking Chubb. So, well, you both have interesting points about defense. You can always be better on defense. We obviously saw last season. Last season was a very big defensive season. Three out of the four teams in the AFC and NFC championships were, like, the top three in defense. Yeah. You saw the, the, Eagles, the Eagles with the number one defense won the championship. Mm-hmm. I was surprised with the Vikings. I'm not going to lie. Very surprised with them and how they just shut down against the Eagles. But anyway, I see the Cleveland Browns taking Quinn Nelson with number four. because That's a hot take. That is a hot take because they lose a lot more with the retirement of Joe Thomas than anything else. That's true. So And Quentin Nelson to me personally, is the best offensive lineman in this draft. Yeah, he is. So, again, I don't disagree with what you say about defense, but I definitely do think that if they need to, they could definitely, with the with the players they have now, not taking a, like a defensive player, they could definitely go at least, I hope, even this season. You know, e- okay. Even as an 8-8? Eight 8-8, eight? Eight eight, yes. Okay. I, I can see it, to be honest. I, can I, can see see it. It. I mean, they've done a good job in the offseason, like, they haven't just been stagnant, you know. They realize there's a problem. They're trying to they're trying to fix it, you know. Tyrod Taylor, that's a step in the right direction. He's not elite quarterback. He's a good quarterback. Um, uh, Juice uh, Jarvis Landry, the Juice, yeah. He he'll give them a spark on offense as he did in Miami, and they're missing that running back, which is why I had them taking Saquon. I think <laughs> I I could definitely see them taking offensive lineman, but I think if they were to take an offensive lineman, they would trade down and get a guy like Orlando Brown. Right. Later in the first round, I don't think okay. they're going to use that fourth overall pick on an offensive line. Yeah, I think they'll use them. They'll use them on a crazy. Right. They'll use them on a playmaker, or they'll trade it away. Mm-hmm. Fans are definitely getting mad at that. I could see that, but you got to do what you got to do to right. make your organization. Great. Exactly. It's, so exactly. I don't know. So after the Browns, it's your Broncos, Doug. That's your uh, team. That's uh, so. Uh, you're a Bronco? Yes, sir. Let's let's take yes, some sir. turns. I, I'll start because I haven't started yet. I think they're going to take Josh Rosen. They did sign Keenum in the offseason. Um, but if Josh if Josh Rosen's available at five, the yeah, Broncos yeah. are gonna take Josh Rosen. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I got Josh Allen. Okay. So similar type of picks. Get quarterback. That, get that young quarterback, quarterback in there. Um, maybe not start right away, but Keenum's coming off a big year, so you hope he can. I don't hope he can, but you know the the Broncos hope he can carry that into next season, and uh, you know while he's doing his thing, Allen's learning under him. And, Hopefully he's ready to play. You know, a couple years down the road, he's his ceiling is extremely high. You know, he's got all the talent in the world. So uh, I don't think I don't think they'll pass up on taking a quarterback at five. So uh, who do you have your boys taking? I picked Rosen mainly because I don't like Allen. Um, I don't. I love him as a player. He's a good player. Yeah. I don't like his face. That's, <laughs> what? That as is, random as that is, wow. I don't like his face. Um, but no, my favorite, I also picked Rosen like because, face. I don't like the way he runs, he, he <laughs> runs like most true. Thank <laughs> you. He runs like most true. My, my favorite quote by Rosen though, which came out recently is he'll go, he said he'll go wherever he needed to go. Yeah. He says if he needs to sit or if he needs to be water boy, he'll be the best damn water boy in the country. Right. That's what I love about the kid. I love the kid's heart. I, I love that. Like he, he's willing to do what needs to be done to take a team to wherever they need to go. You know, wherever, whatever they need, yeah. which is everyone needs a Super Bowl. But um, I definitely think that if they could, they would have drafted Saquon. If Saquon did drop down to five, they would have drafted Saquon. They set they'd up be, all They'd the, be sprinting to the podium if they, they, yeah. five. they yeah. set up all the pieces <laughs> necessary to draft Saquon. They cut C.J. Anderson. 
they signed Case Keenum, which literally points everywhere. Like he's gonna start to Saquon. Literally right. just point no, everything to Saquon. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, as much as I like Case Keenum last season, I did not like his performance against the Eagles. While the Eagles did have a great defense, he, I definitely think he could have uh-huh. done better. You know he's gonna go against the Eagles again at some point. If he's I know. Yeah, no, but, but you gotta look at the whole the whole season. I think you should be happy with getting Case, you know, in there, you know, at least for. I don't think he's your long-term solution, but yeah. he could have a, a good year, and that's really... definitely think Rosen could be the long-term solution, and the, mm-hmm. we know the, the Broncos have had struggles with quarterback. Not as bad as the Jets and the Browns, but they've had their struggles. Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler. Manning in that last season. Okay, Manning was good, and was he, he won a Super guy? Bowl. That's yeah, all but I'm going to say about that. Worst, don't fight me. Might have been the worst season by a Super Bowl. Second worst. Trent Dilfer was worst. Thank you. Oh, Dilfer, yeah. Thank you. So there you have it, our, our quote-unquote NFL draft expert picking Rosen over Allen because he quote-unquote doesn't like Allen's face. That is his reasoning. That's our expert, ladies I mean, and gentlemen. I don't like his face either. Thank uh, you, it's a baby face. It's a baby show me face. cheeks and I don't like it. And he's got this, like, doe eyes. And Saquon, Saquon uh, Barkley is a baby face. Saqu- no, he didn't. Okay, so you look at Saquon Barkley's face and then you look down at who he is and how That's guilty true. he is and yep. you're like, you know that, is that, is that is a man. That is a full a man. Jacked baby. Yeah. And the fact that he went to Penn State is just, <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so in six is the Colts. They traded down with the Jets to get that six pick. Um, kind of a boring pick here. I mean, they're not they're not looking for a quarterback as they have Andrew Luck. They're probably yeah. not going to be able to get Saquon because he'll be gone by then. So what do you what do you guys see the Colts doing at six? It's not as interesting a pick as some of the others, but uh, I think you go Quentin Nelson. That's what yeah, I had Quentin. You got to protect Luck. Luck's been just beaten to death since he's been. He takes one sack. He's out six to eight weeks. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, part of that's on on him, like. Part of that's on the offensive line. Part of that's uh, on the line. Injuries happen, you know. Sometimes feelings but, get hurt. It's, <laughs> it's a whole thing. The offensive line is the most important thing the, uh, uh, in Indy. And he has had a brutal offensive line. Their so offensive line has not been good for a long time. Since, like, just Saturday left, their offensive line has been brutal. Yeah, it's 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 huge. Like, that's such an underrated part of the game. Right, that's, and they have, they've hardly addressed it. They really have. They haven't, so like, will they this year? I mean, if Nelson's available, they, 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 there's no other choice, yeah. in my opinion. Who do you have? I got the uh, I got the Colts taking defensive end Bradley Chubb. Yeah. Um, if he's they've, available, they've loved Chubb ever since they had the third pick. Um, I think Chubb is just going to be their guy. They're switching up their defensive attack from a three-four based to an upfield four-three, uh, which means that Chubb would definitely fit the edge rush posi- position in the defensive setup very well because, again, he is the best defensive end in the draft. I, that's personal. Far and wide. Far, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he's not overly, like, dominant. He just is – he plays such a sound game. Like, he doesn't have a flaw right. that, that I can really pick out. He's above average at everything. At everything, yeah. It's, so that's really what you need. He'll, he'll develop his skill set, you know. It's like the Saquon Barkley of defensive ends. Like, yeah, nothing, yeah, nothing he can't do. Exactly. Nothing he can't do, you know. That's well, why I nothing, have to go nothing he can't do at the defensive, uh, defensive end position. Yeah. yeah. So know. we have uh, two for Quentin Nelson. Doug has him taking uh, uh, Bradley Chubb. So we're going to seven, which is Tampa Bay. And this is kind of – you move out of that big six, and this is where it kind of starts to unravel because the Bucks can go in so many different directions mm-hmm. here. They can. I, uh, I am addressing their biggest issue, which was their pass defense. Last in the league last year, yeah. giving up uh, 4,169 passing yards. And, you know, if history shows us anything, it's... Look at the Saints last year. They draft a... Not Marshall like, Lattimore. Yeah, not like, yeah, they draft Marshall Lattimore, uh, cornerback, and their, their defense is, like, rejuvenated. And I'm looking for the uh, Bucks to do the same thing. Minka, fix, Minka Fitzpatrick. It's a good name. Minka Fitzpatrick. That's why I don't take it, too. Yeah, they have, the same Their safeties are so bad. He's the best cornerback, lockdown corner. That's going to immediately um, energize that D. He's like a he's like a cornerback safety. He, he can do both. I think he's probably going to play safety in the league. You really think yeah. so? Either way, that's someone in the in the secondary. Yeah. It's what they need. You know, get a safety or a, or a cornerback. I think you're going with, with Fitzpatrick there. Their offense, you know, it, it has... Potential. It really is. I think their D is really just Gerald McCoy on the on the line. And other than that, kind of just it. They've had you know their share of issues, um, especially last year. So I think, yeah. I think I'll go with Fitzpatrick. What about you, Doug? Derwin James. Okay. Safety Derwin James. Same same mindset with the exactly. Uh, secondary guy. Exactly. Um, I was going back and again. Forth. 
they let up 6,049 total offensive yards, which means they let up 1,000-some-odd rushing yards, which is not good. And 44 touchdowns last season. That's – I don't know how you can live as a defensive coordinator if you give up that many yards <laughs> and touchdowns in a season. But, you know, you got to ask him. Um, while the Bucks are looking to draft some players at the defensive end and defensive tackle position, they recently did sign Brent Grimes. They did. They and did to, to team with Vernon Hargraves. Hargraves, that's how you say it. I can't read, <laughs> yeah. sorry. So now since the Bucks have a defensive line, the only place to look is the secondary. So oh, Their offense is fine. It has potential to be fine. It needs work. Definitely it, needs work. I mean, James Winston has not come into his own. Winston yet. and okay, yeah. Winston I, Mike Evans is one of the top five wide receivers in the league. Of course he is, but a wide receiver is only as good as his quarterback. Uh, exactly. And I've been saying that forever. So, I mean, you could put no running back either. Exactly. If you put, you could put like Nathan Peterman and Mike Evans together, and that would be a terrible duo right. because a quarterback is only as good as wide receivers, and vice versa. It's it's the same thing back and forth. But yeah. Um. So now that. Now that you were talking about how terrible their safeties are, I don't think Minka Fitzpatrick's going to play safety. I think he's going to no. play cornerback. I definitely think Minka's going to go to the Cardinals to fill in for. Is he going to slip that? I think so. That yeah. far now? Yeah. I think some people like make some mistakes, you know? People sleep on him. You never know. I mean, Bam has been known for making great players. Oh, yeah. You never NFL know. Factory. NFL, of course, except for quarterback, which I can never understand. <laughs> um. Yeah, no. So definitely. Definitely think they'll draft Derwin James. Yeah. Um, safety. He's probably one of the best safeties in the draft right now. Um, yeah. So, so we're, turn around for them. we're we're coming close to our time limit. So I'm just gonna run through eight my eight nine ten yeah. all in order. Um, Bears. Their linebackers are brutal. Yeah. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds from Virginia Tech. Uh, he's a playmaker. Probably the best linebacker in this class. Mm-hmm. And I think him. 49ers are looking for that offensive weapon to match with Jimmy Garoppolo, so they take Calvin Ridley, the receiver from Alabama. I like that. I like that's that. a hot take, but that's what I think they're going to do. That's a good pick. And then the Raiders, that secondary, like the Bucks, has been brutal, so they take Denzel Ward, the cornerback from Ohio Ooh. State. Not Derwin. Not Derwin. Okay. Because I think Derwin's going to play safety. I, I think the Raiders need a quarterback. Raiders got, um, uh, uh, who's the safety they got? Carl jo- Carl Joseph. They got him. He's a yeah. second or third year safety. I don't think oh, he'll go safety. Texans, again. right? Huh? Wasn't he on the Texans? No, he's in the Raiders. No, John, no. Jonathan Joseph in the Texans. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Jonathan Joseph is gone now. Um, but yeah, I didn't think Denzel Ward to play corner. Right, right. Yeah, I'll do the same thing. Just roll through it. Uh, at eight, I went similar mindset with the linebacker. I was thinking either Tremaine Edmonds or Rokon Smith. I went Smith just because Edmonds is a pretty young kid. He's 19. You know, I, I want the more mature um, guy for right now. I think Edmonds could have. More potential at, at only 19, but you know, Roquan's coming up that big year, uh, more mature, so I'm going with him. 49ers, Edmonds, you know, okay, give or take eight or nine. Like, I think it'll be Roquan and Tremaine Edmonds at eight and nine, and then 10. You know, that Raiders secondary ranked they ranked 26 in pass defense last season. Uh, I got Derwin James out of Florida State, a lot of upside, and you know, he's a phenomenal athlete, so. You want to roll through 8, 9, 10, or you want to roll through all 32 quick, or what do you, whatever you feel? Probably roll through whatever. Um, I could do 32 if you want, that's fine. Um, Chicago Bears, mm-hmm. offensive tackle Michael McGlinchey. Uh, they let up 39 sacks last season. Trubisky's a good quarterback if he's not rushed every five seconds. <laughs> um, and they also need to fill a huge spot after Josh Sitton is leaving the team. Mm-hmm. Um, 49ers, Tremaine Edmonds, inside linebacker. Well, they did solve all their problems, most of their problems. No, I'm not going to say all. Most of their problems on offense with the signing of Jimmy G starting 5-0. and uh, They were 26th in sacks last season, which means they need to add a better pass rusher, which would be, to me, would be Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah. Um, Oakland Raiders, Roquan Smith, outside linebacker. Need to address their cornerback and safety positions, considering that they have none who are getting interceptions this season. Mm-hmm. The Raiders are likely to draft a linebacker who's quick on his feet and can get to the quarterback with ease. With 85 solo tackles, six and a half sacks, and six and a half sacks last season. Sorry, Roquan Smith deserves to go top ten in the draft. Don't add me. <laughs> Miami Dolphins, Vita Vey, defensive Ooh, I like tackle. Him. I love him because he's 347 pounds. And he's fast. <laughs> 5.1 in the 40. It's pretty good. Um, definitely have a lot of holes to fill in the draft, considering, first of all, quarterback Jay Cutler, garbage. Don't add me. 
Uh, Jay Cut. Oh, never mind. I was thinking for the Bears. So yeah, keep, was, going. keep going. Keep going. Urban leaving. Urban the Gotham. Jay Cutler, garbage. Don't at me. Nadama Kong Su also left the Dolphins. Major hole. Mm-hmm. Definitely think that Moore can step in and hold everything over for right now. Maybe the Dolphins look and take a priority free agent um, instead of Moore. See who does better. But I definitely think they should draft Vita Vey because it's a great, it's again, a great name. Exactly. Um, he's one of the fastest defensive tackles I've seen in this draft, and he weighs again three hundred fifty yeah, pounds. Good, good Plus, they can always just wait till the second round to draft a quarterback. Who knows? Maybe Lamar Jackson will even be there. But um, yeah, twelve. I got the Josh Allen to go okay. to the Bills. Right now, while the Bills did make it to the AFC Wild Card West, the Bills already made it to the AFC Wild Card game. They lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. What was it? 10 to three. Ten to three. Ten to three. Exciting game. You know? exciting, yeah, I, on exciting, the other edge of my seat. Exciting yeah. game for the defense. That was crazy. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey was having a day. He was going nuts that entire game. But the Bills just have AJ McCarron and Nathan Peterman. That's like, I don't even, I don't even know what kind of analogy is going to be safe to use for this <laughs> podcast. But anyway, um, it's not good either way. Um, so I definitely think that they should take Josh Allen. He's a great athletic guy. Um, not a huge fan of his face, like I said earlier, but um, he, if anything, he could maybe back up McCarron if McCarron's looking really good. I don't have much faith in Peterman anymore after that <laughs> five-interception game. Um, anyway, moving on. Washington Redskins, 13th overall pick. Will Hernandez at guard. Uh, the Redskins are another team that have a, a lot to worry about. Um, not at the quarterback position, though, considering they got Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost Kendall Fuller and could lose... Bashad Breeland to free agency. The Redskins also need a huge run stopper and a linebacker who can captain the defense and are even looking for a young quarterback to back up Alex Smith. That would be great. I think he'd be a great mentor to any young quarterback. For sure. Um, but in the end, I believe that they're going to draft an offensive lineman. And since the best two options are gone, I think it'll be Will Hernandez. 14 Green Bay Packers. Denzel Ward at quarter cornerback. Um, Packers are absolutely plagued with injuries last season, including their star quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, not much they could do about that. It was just a broken collarbone. Had one of those. Came back in six weeks. Um, <laughs> they also lost many great players to trades and free agency, just like Jordy Nelson, wide receiver. And then Randall Cobb has been not really been developing very well. Don't really like how he's looking. Yeah. So, um, And they lost Demarius Randall to the Browns. Um, the Packers need to fill a huge hole after the loss of Randall on their defense, so I believe they'll draft Denzel Ward to be this great fit. And with the 15th pick, this will be my last because we're kind of running out of time here. Uh, Arizona Cardinals definitely take Minka Fitzpatrick at cornerback. Now, while the Cardinals definitely need to look for a cornerback after signing Sam Bradford, who, in my personal opinion, is completely overrated. He's one of those filler quarterbacks again. Um, I believe that the Cardinals will draft a cornerback after their major loss of Tony Badger. Um, He was... One of the, really one of the only great parts of the Cardinals defense, other than and him and Peterson, Peterson were the, very the good playmakers. Yeah. yeah. Um, now Peterson needs another guy to duo with, and I think Minka, Minka Fitzpatrick could definitely be that guy. Minka was an absolute ball hawk at Alabama. He led Alabama, the Alabama defense, with nine interceptions while returning four of them for touchdowns in his entire college career. In his entire college career. That's good stuff. We appreciate your That's, insight. It's good analysis. The full article will be on the uh, website. On the right? website. Yeah. Hopefully tonight, maybe tomorrow morning. Um, love draft talk. Love it. Love it. Love so it. the last thing we'll do about draft talk, because we're, we're running a lot of time, we all got a couple sleepers, yeah. fourth, fifth, sixth round guys that nobody really knows about, but uh, could maybe second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, you know. Just any, anywhere. Any, any sleepers at all. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll do one. Everybody give one. Okay, one sleeper. JT Barrett, quarterback. Ohio Ooh. State. The Ohio State University. Um, <laughs> most successful quarterback in Big Ten football history. Yet he's not any draft boys. I mean, he went to the combine, but he's projected to not get drafted at all. I mean, okay. I would love to see the Pats. As a Pats fan, I'd love to see them get him late instead of using that first pick, using that first round pick on a quarterback. You know, he's a winner. He's got a very accurate arm. Um, it's a week. It's a week right now. You know, it's time to develop, and he'll have time to develop under under Tom Brady, or wherever he goes. You know, he won't come in and start right away. But I think the upside with 
Barrett is huge, and like people are forgetting, like this guy was like Ohio State. It's not easy to play quarterback at Ohio State. Like you have, you know, three other, you know, four or five star recruit guys that you're competing with, and he handled that job with ease. You know, he he took over. Um, he won that competition with Carlisle Jones, and he's been like just a goat. You know, the one one of the best quarterbacks of all time in the in the Big Ten. So. I think people are not really. I think because of his lack of an ability to throw a deep ball, people are kind of sleeping on him, which is uh, why I got him. You know, definitely a big sleeper for me. Um, big quarterback guy. Only found some quarterback draft sleepers. Um, definitely think big draft sleeper is D two quarterback Luis Perez from Texas A and M Commerce. Um, you were you were talking to me about him a little bit. He sounds like he could definitely be a sleeper. 4.95, great at the combine. Not good at all. Not good at all. Not good at all. 6'3", 220, projected to be a priority free agent. Okay. Um, so not drafted. Not drafted at all. Like, like so, fair, just like fair. Yeah. So um, some of his strengths are he has his, – his numbers in 2017 were insane. Um, he had 5,001 passing yards, 47 touchdowns, and a 70.6% completion percentage. Um, he has the size to be an NFL quarterback. Um Good football intelligence, plays with a pre-snap plan, good consistency in identifying optimal targets, uses ball placement and adequate timing to counter subpar arm strength. Um, weaknesses, he short-arms his release a lot. A lot. Watch some of his tape. A lot. Like, a lot. A lot. A lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> a lot. Um, velocity on his throws is definitely below average. I think I could definitely throw the ball faster. <laughs> Nobody's drafting me. Um, he tends to float his throws, so which means they're easier to get picked off over the middle. Um, can't really throw a tight spiral. Um, yeah. Limited mobility inside the pocket, poor mobility outside of the pocket. That is huge in today's NFL. I think the NFL is definitely shifting towards the mobile quarterback more than anything else. So not going to be great in this day and age. Um, could definitely see him, again, being a priority free agent, maybe seventh round. But you guys... Both of the quarterbacks. I want the running back because that seems to be the position that year after year. There's always a couple of sleepers. Kareem Hunt. Exactly. Yeah, That's Kareem. exactly how I was going to go. Uh, running backs are huge. People sleep on running backs. Remember Thomas Rawls a couple years ago with Seattle? Yeah. He was a fourth-round pick, I believe, that year. It seems like those guys. Alvin Kamara, too. Yeah, yeah. The really good running backs are the ones that get drafted third or fourth round. Mm-hmm. And so I went, there's a running back from Iowa. His name is Akram Wadley. Wadley. I don't, I don't know how to say his last name, but he's a stud. I, I watched some of his tape. I looked at some of his his, his, uh, his draft profiles. Mm-hmm. This guy is literally a poor man's Saquon Barkley, and I say that in all seriousness. Yeah. He does everything. Like, his size, he, he one of his best abilities is his ability to cut on a dime and his explosiveness in the backfield. He And he's good at it. He, he can make catches. He can make plays. He's a good receiving back. He does it all, and he, he's got that composition. He Like, he has all those tools that you see in a late-round running back mm-hmm. who ends up making huge contributions to a, a team in his first year. And even still, like, the way that we, what happens when you draft running backs, whether it's in the first round or the sixth round, they're going to get touches regardless. Like, that's just how yeah. the position works. So he's going to get his touches. It's and just I think what he, he does with them. You know? and I think he's going to do a lot. Yeah. That's, he's, seems, that's, he, he seems like that kind of player to me. Yeah, that's the upside with those running backs is you know, like, you draft a running back, they're going to play – like some snaps, you know, they might not be the, the running back, but right. they're gonna play like with these quarterbacks, like like Doug and I picked. They're they're more long term. Like, but I, I can't figure out JT Bear. I can't figure that out why a guy who's like just torn he he's just torn up college football like his whole career and he's not even on a draft board. Like, like I don't care like physical tools whatever. Like you can't deny a guy playing for a big time program um, right. who's had the success he's had. You know. And, Hopefully, hopefully he proves me right. You know, I think he, I think he definitely can. I think the only thing is, and it's been proven year in year out, is that college, college success, almost never guarantees success in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Well, I think we, we covered a lot a lot of stuff today, just stuff, a lot of a lot of draft coverage, a lot of playoffs coverage. Joe, how do you think this went? Oh well, you know, draft is always a, a hot topic. You know, it's pretty much like, like a franchise can be like change any draft but i think the nfl draft is so fun to follow just because of the the process like you have like pro days combines interviews like all this drama that 
always ensues before and on draft day. So it's a uh, really exciting to talk about and I'm pumped to watch it tomorrow, you know, round one. So Doug, we appreciate your presence. Will you be joining us for another episode soon? Uh, I mean, if you guys will have me back, I guess so. Draft guy. Draft guy. Draft guy. Draft guy. Draft guy. Oh, so we're not going to need you for another 51 weeks. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so once a year kind of guy. You know? Once a year. Yeah, he, he peeks his head out like a groundhog on Groundhog Day. Like Mel Kuiper. Um, like Mel Kuiper. Um, so we'll have this podcast posted on iTunes. That still feels so good to say. We're going to have this podcast on iTunes. I know. And it'll be on podcast.com. The, uh, the big E next year. Oh, yeah. We are explicit. Watch we, out for us. We're explicit. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Thugs in the streets. Um, so we'll be on podcast.com also if you want to listen to it on there. Uh, make sure to follow us on social media. Our website is www.sportingreportdaily.us, which is where Doug's article is going to be. If he stops making faces at me, I might just not post it, but we'll see. Um, uh, follow us on Twitter at SportsRepDaily, and our Instagram is kind of the same as SportingReportDaily. And I think until next week, that is if, if we don't forget about it again, I think it's time that we sign off, Joe and yep. Doug also. All right. Peace out.